Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Ice Sport Radio. That's right, it's the BSH Rest of the League show. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. We have a fun All-Star break edition for the show view today. The All-Star break is officially underway. Guys, I'm a little embarrassed. I didn't realize that the Flyers had, like, that bye week, and then it was the All-Star game. I just thought everyone was off. Oh, boy. And you didn't notice I there saw, were hockey games? I saw that there were games on. I was like, but what? Why? <laughs> I forgot about this bye week thing. I thought it was only for the year they did the World Cup, but that wasn't even last year, so I don't know what I thought. I anyway, thought the you, same. You weren't thinking. That's all. Yeah, I just, I don't I don't always know what's going on around me. Anyway, uh, we're going to get into a fun show tonight. I went back all the way to our October 11th episode of Ice Sport Radio, where we made all of our, uh, all of our predictions for the season, Hart Trophy, Stanley Cup, all that stuff. So we're going to uh, defend our predictions today. But first, let me introduce you to the panel, and then we have a little bit of uh, some league news to get into. Let's lead it off with Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. So I feel like a giant dumbass because I also thought the same about the Flyers. <laughs> oh, good. Thanks. I'm glad it wasn't just me. I'm and glad it was like, the person who runs SB Nation's NHL blogs. Yeah. So good job there, SB Nation. <laughs> you picked someone who really knows what the hell they're doing. No, I, I, I actually, I set my fantasy lineup and that's when I realized, oh, wait, there are still games happening, just not with the Flyers. <laughs> That was actually going to be my hot take, that I just didn't realize there were still games happening. (laughs) From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So I just want to say something in in preparation for the uh, the coming trade deadline. And this is more, it's more just a, a public service announcement. Oh boy, I know what's happening. Just because there are scouts at a game, like the National Predators scout is at a Philadelphia Flyers game, that does not mean that a trade between those two teams is imminent. Scouts, you know what their job is? It's to scout. It's if they happen to be in the city, they may go to the game. It's if they want to see a player on the other team that that team is playing, they might be there if they're in the area. Like, yes, it's possible they could be there to scout a player they are possibly trading. But there's also 10 other possible explanations as to why that team is scouting this other team. So it's 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 more of an interesting tidbit than it is actually telling you what's going to happen. And just keep that in mind when you hear people screaming about that stuff for every game for the next four weeks. Yeah, and that's always, uh, there's, I realize a lot of scouting is done via video now uh, in terms of advanced scouting. Like if a team is going to be playing another team next week, maybe, you know, the Flyers have a new coach that not everyone's seen. Maybe you want to get a look at what they're doing. It's not necessarily... I just think there's never a distinction between what kind of scout. And that's... They don't tell us, so we don't always know what everyone's job is. And if some guy's coming back from a road trip and has a layover in another town where there's a game, he just watches the game because he likes freaking hockey. There's any number of reasons for this stuff to go on. However, uh, I just assume if it's Flyers Nashville, the Flyers will be trading for a defenseman. That's... That's just uh, me. That's just how I feel. Last but certainly not least, it's the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. So not to jump too far ahead here, but 
My hot take is that in order for the Edmonton Oilers to solve their problems, they have to trade Connor McDavid. Thank you I, and good night. Uh, I retweeted something that said, like, the Oilers should just trade McDavid to Seattle for the rights to an expansion draft and get to start fresh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is a That's joke. That's actually a great idea. I was like, this is a joke and it's funny, but like all great jokes, ah, there's some truth to it. <laughs> like, it wouldn't... Obviously, you can't do that, but uh, it's not the worst idea. Speaking of those Edmonton Oilers, great segue, Kelly. Thank you, I tried. Friend of the show. What the hell is this show going to be about now? This is like BSH when they fired Hackstall. Seriously. I don't know what, we're gonna, what is this show going to be about now? Oilers GM Peter Torelli fired. Um, Bill, we'll, wow. always, we'll always have Ottawa. We'll always have <laughs> Ottawa. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, how does it... How does it take this long? And when I see this happens now, it's got to be like he was going to trade Dreisaitl for Andrew McDonald. And ownership was like, oh, my God, we can't let this happen again. Yeah, all of the bad moves. Apparently, it was signing that stupid goaltender that was the straw <laughs> that broke the camel's back. That was the best part. Is yeah. that like and, and there have been conflicting reports. Some people have said that that was a an organization-wide decision, that that wasn't really Shirelli who was driving it. He just happened to be the guy in charge when they signed the contract. But, like, the optics of signing a goalie who's really only been good for in the NHL for a couple months to a three-year contract, like, the day before you fire the GM who signs the contract is one of the funniest things ever. Because it's like, why did you let him do it? Why did you let him do it? If you were going to fire him, why did you let him do anything? Yeah, that's always my issue. Like, why? Why? It's like letting Paul Holmgren give McDonald that extension and then, oh, no, he steps down two weeks later. Like, maybe we could have avoided this problem by, like, uh, at what point did you think he was going to dig himself out of this hole? When Seriously. Did that, what was really the, when did you really come to the conclusion he wasn't the guy? Because clearly he's incompetent. But the people above them are no better. Oh, no, that whole, they, they're not going to get any better unless they get rid of everybody above him, too, because they're all just as dumb as him. So they got too many hockey men in that organization. It's a problem. Too many dumb hockey men. Yeah. I, I mean, I well, think. Like, I, oh, I disagree ahead. that they'll have to trade Connor McDavid to be good. Like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, that's like a, I disagree you know, a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a nuclear, that's the red phone ringing option. I'm just, you know. Yeah. I said it was a hot such take. such a shit. What, Kelly? I said it was a hot take. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> they don't have to, but it's just like, imagine being in the situation where it's not the most laughable idea. No, and it I, is, I mean, it's silly, but it's, like. I, I think it's fair to say that Shirelli has put the Oilers in a position where it's going to take them quite a few years to be great but I don't like I think if you have Connor McDavid you can turn things around pretty quick and be good I just yeah. think that like it might be four or five years before they can build a team around Connor McDavid that is actually like a legitimate cup contender but I think I think they could turn it around in a year or two and be a playoff team I mean that to me is problematic though I mean like, it's definitely problematic but yeah. like yeah obviously you want the best player enough. yeah like, he's still he needs young. to be saved he's That's, trapped imagine there. if he what is he like 22 now like, imagine if they didn't have the... Even, is he? Like, imagine if they didn't have the best player in the world pre-prime. Like, they are in this shit situation, and like it's... It, I, I can't... 
as frustrated as I get with the Flyers, man, it's at least we're not that team where you can see light at the end of the tunnel, but there's like a swinging gauntlet in the way. <laughs> he just turned 22 last week, so yes, you're right. Right, because he's it's his number's 97. 97. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, he's yep. he's got the Crosby thing. Yeah, I hate that. By the way, <laughs> pick some, pick literally any. Oh, it's my birth year. Cool. <laughs> cool story, bro. Uh, but yeah, I just this is just funny to me that they finally made this. Uh, they finally made this firing, and it's just too late. Like it's, it's too, too late. late. You already traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Like you've already done all this shit. Strom for Eberle, all of it. The it's, fact that he wasn't fired this summer is mind-boggling. Yeah, and I, and I think it's I remarkable. said, I think I said on the show that if I was an Oilers fan. When they when they made the announcement after the season that he was not going to be fired, I would have said I'm boycotting the team until he's fired, and I and I hold to that. I mean, obviously, if I was writing about the team, it'd be a different story. I would just be yeah. ripping them at every turn. But if I was a fan and they they told me yes, this general manager that everyone knows is bad, that literally traded away the MVP of the league for a a decent defenseman because yeah. reasons like, like a good number four. that that is a one thing move that should immediately be a firing like yeah. that that's a mistake you don't come back from and the fact that he survived another four months is kind of unreal i it's 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 how bored must ken hitchcock have been to want to like to willingly get involved in this mess yeah and it was funny that for like three games people thought that he was going to turn it around that didn't happen, shockingly enough. Oh, they're playing better defense. All right, guys, let's um, let's get to our predictions. Like I said at the top, I went back and listened to the October 11th Ice Sport Radio where we gave all of our individual award predictions. I believe we gave our, uh, our Stanley Cup predictions on the Metro show that kicked off BSH's, like, season, basically. But we reiterated them on this show. And I'm gonna, uh, I'm just gonna read everyone's predictions, and then we're gonna, we're gonna get to defending them. All right, let's start out with you, Steph. Leafs over Jets. How are you feeling about it? Good. I feel good. The Leafs are a fucking powerhouse. The Jets are also. I feel really good about this prediction. I think it's legit for sure. William Nylander starting to get it going. Had a three point night. Maybe things are starting to click there. Shocker. Um, yeah, I know. I'm blown away that a really good player is playing really good again. Uh, ch- I'm telling you, Charlie, we had our chance. <laughs> Simmons for Nylander, straight up, we had our chance. Uh, I I don't know. I still think they allow too many goals, but I like the Leafs. I can't say I don't like the Leafs. Uh, and they've, won, they've beaten some really good teams lately. So, can't really argue with this one. Kelly and Charlie. Both had the Predators over the Leafs, but since we recorded the show one week into the regular season, Kelly, I I allowed everybody the opportunity to go back and change their picks, and Kelly said maybe she would consider changing to Leafs over Predators, but you both have the same two finalists. How are you feeling about your predictions? I actually feel good about my original prediction. I think Preds over Leafs is a good chance of happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with mine. I mean... 
obviously the Lightning looked better than the Leafs this year, but I think my justification, if I remember correctly, is that just this hunch that like the Lightning are going to be the Capitals, where they're going to not get it done every year you think they're going to get it done, and then one year, like three years down the road, when everybody thinks they're finished, that's when they're going to win their cup. <laughs> so even though I do think the Leafs are worse on paper than the Lightning, I'm, I'm cool with this prediction. I think it's legitimately possible. And, you know, the best team doesn't win. And that's yeah. uh, right now, Maddie Campbell was on the BSH show uh, where we made our Stanley Cup predictions. She took lightning over Predators. And listen, the lightning are on an incredible pace. We'll get to what Nikita Kucherov is doing in a little bit. But the team itself is on pace for mo for the best points percentage since the 95-96 Red Wings, who I'm told were pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, uh, so uh, it's a good pick, and the Predators are the Predators. We all know what that division is with them and the Jets. They're a damn good team, so i got to believe she's feeling good about that. But, fam, I don't know if anyone's as confident as I am. Uh, it didn't start out the greatest. You know, the Sharks didn't hit the ground running. But I have Sharks over Lightning, and, man, Eric Carlson's coming on, and this team is what I thought they were going to be. I am having so much fun watching them. Isn't he injured? He's been out. Uh, he missed the they, – they sat him for the two games leading into the All-Star break. Just give him a little rest. He's a guy you have to manage right now. He's got a lower body thing. I think it's just a, the bulky ankle acts up now and then. But even without him, they go into D.C. the other night, beat the Capitals 7-6. to six. Uh, Hurdle had a hat trick, his second in like a week. My God, are they fun. They are just... I think Sharks over Lightning or Leafs is like the ultimate Stanley Cup final in terms of hockey I want to watch. It would be extremely fun to watch them in the final. I like that team a lot. Yeah, the Sharks are fun. Um, the one thing I have to say about the Sharks, and it's it's weird because like I don't think Jones is a bad goalie, but he's been he's been bad this year, and it's just a matter of whether he remembers that he's okay. Like he's not a great goalie, but he just has to remember that he's okay and not like sub nine hundred save percentage bad, which he's been all year. Like the Sharks are a fascinating team for me. If like the Bob situation gets really bad if they bite the bullet and trade for him. Because Interesting. As, because aside hmm. from goal, aside from in goal, they have everything else. Yeah, that's uh, he's one. Martin Jones, I've always thought is is pretty good. He's one of those guys who is good enough, especially with the team they have in front of him. Christ, most goalies in this league are good enough to win with that team they have in front of them, uh, and I think he's better than a lot of them. But yeah, that's an interesting take, Charlie, because. When you go out and get Carlson and it doesn't come along with the extension, he's a pending UFA, you've decided you're all in. Yeah. So your window is right now. Jumbo Joe, this could be – any game could be his last game at this point, the way his knees go in and out. I mean, the way this team is, your window is today. They have to go out and do whatever's possible. That Bob one's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, that would be spicy if it happened. I would be into that. All right, so we have at least one of the Leafs, Preds, and Bolts in each of our predictions. Uh, I guess that's kind of, that's, uh, all. those are, if not the three best teams, like the three most intriguing teams, right? Uh, I gotta say they're the three best teams, just in terms of up and down rosters. I guess you could throw the Jets in there. What do you think about those three teams being, like, the odds-on favorites? 
Um, I think they are. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I mean, I guess you can, like, Winnipeg's in the mix, Calgary's in the mix, I think Vegas is in the mix, but yeah, I think those three teams are probably the ones I would say are the best on paper. I like you throwing Vegas in there, Charlie. Yeah, that's interesting. I was just going to ask if you could... if you could if you could sub in any team for one of these uh, that we've picked, like if you just uh, okay, if it's not going to be this one, I think this one team is going to jump in there, and I would say Vegas just because, man, they're gonna uh, once those playoffs start, I feel like they're gonna have that just that 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 karma going, that juice, like that flow, that juju going once that building gets rocking for the playoffs again. Did you see former Flyer Pierre Edward Belmar? bit pk suban yesterday actually it's funnier than that because pk said i put my finger in his mouth and then he bit me was that like he he pulled up on his head via his mouth and then was surprised that his teeth cut his finger (laughs) was that a real quote i thought that was like a joke quote no i think it's real it's real oh okay that's hilarious just because i always like listen you probably shouldn't bite people, but if you're fish hooking someone, yeah, that's that's an occupational hazard. Yeah, you, yeah, know? you, like, you can't put your hands in people's mouths. No, that's, that's a violation. You're gonna get bit. You can't put your hands. You can't put your hand near any kind of teeth. That's just the way it goes. Don't put your hands inside other people's mouths. Like keep <laughs> your hands, feet, and other objects to yourself. You're gonna have a bad time. It's going to be a bad time. If you put your hands inside someone uh, else's body, it's a bad time. I just love it because it's, it's P.K. Subban, who is like one of the more, uh, like, not controversial, but he's there's a wide range of opinions about P.K. Subban around the league. And Belmar is just like everybody's favorite fourth liner. So it's just, it's, it's this, I, I, I enjoy this story. I, I love controversial stuff like this. It's fun. Yay, yeah, bit him. And he'd do it again, too. Just like, he kept his, just like he kept his helmet on to fight Bobby Farnham. You know what? Don't, don't fight a rookie French guy, Farnham, if you don't want to get knocked out by a dude with a face mask. Jesus. What are these people thinking? All right, guys. So let's get into our uh, our midseason awards. Uh, like I said, I went back, listened to all of our predictions, and coincidentally, the PHWA uh, put out their midseason awards. So... Uh, people like Charlie, the uh, the the hard thinkers of the of the industry, have uh, have voted on their non-binding midseason awards, and I wanted to compare them to uh, to what we picked at the beginning of the season. So let me open this up, and Charlie, we're going to ask you about your ballot, okay. but we're going to talk about our predictions as well. And since Steph wasn't on the October 11th show, she's going to stand in judgment of all of us. Uh, we're going to start off with the big one. We're going to start off with the big one, the MVP, the Hart Trophy. Uh, and it wasn't, uh, it was kind of chalk here, guys. Kelly and I both picked McDavid, and Charlie, the noted Leafs hater, went with Austin Matthews. Yeah, so I'll, I will make this case that at the start of the year, this was looking real good because Matthews was killing it, and then he got hurt. And obviously, you miss as many games as he missed. He pretty much has no chance of, of, of getting the Hart at this point. But if you look at his 82-game pace, I mean, he's on pace for 49 goals and 100 points. So, like, if he was, if he had stayed on that pace and didn't get hurt, he, I think he'd be right in there. I, obviously, he's not going to win it now because he missed a bunch of games and it's over. But I, I don't, I don't have a lot of regrets about this pick aside from just not being able to see the future and know that he was going to get hurt for a month. 
I can't believe you can't see the future, Charlie. That's I'm just sorry. Work harder, in my opinion. <laughs> I am. Um, I don't feel good about my pick anymore. I didn't know at the time that Connor McDavid would be completely dead inside by this point in the season. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not sure that he's going to win it anymore. But not really his fault. He's just in the worst situation that a human being could possibly be in. So the interesting thing about McDavid, and I was talking to Bill about this before the show, um, he actually made the top three of this midseason Pro Hockey Writers Association list. He was third uh, behind uh, Kucherov and Johnny Goudreau. And honestly, that's higher than I thought he'd be, considering the fact that you know there's a lot of people uh, in the industry that just do not think anybody who plays for a team that isn't in, like isn't looking like they're going to make the playoffs uh, should even be considered for the heart. Maybe it's because they're not far enough out of a playoff spot that you know people are like, well, they could make it, and McDavid's really good, so we're going to throw him in there. But I was pleasantly surprised that he was uh, that he was in the mix. Granted, I will say that I did not have him in my top three for the midseason. So I mean, I would say that he's like. I know that you are a very thoughtful and considerate person, Charlie, but I would imagine that there are a lot of people who don't take their non-binding midseason awards ballot super seriously, and McDavid, I think, is an easy, Yeah. if you're not really paying attention. I mean, he's still the best player in the game, so it's an easy name to plop on there if you're like, eh, I don't know, Kucherov and uh, I guess McDavid. I don't know. Yeah, and I think there's a little bit of, like, an overcorrection here. McDavid, again, if he's top three, top four, whatever in this, like, that's – it's 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 very much warranted. Look at his numbers, and the fact that that team isn't in last place is – is uh, it's all Connor McDavid. Yeah. Um, I do think it's kind of an overcorrection, like, everyone last year going, oh, I didn't make the playoffs. You can't even be a finalist. And now people looking at it going, shit, this team's terrible, actually. They'd, they'd be getting Jack Hughes if it wasn't for Connor McDavid. What do you think, Steph? I think that these are all very strong picks, and I can't believe that Charlie picked Austin Matthews. <laughs> I, really thought, a... I really thought Austin Matthews was going to have an amazing year. and he's not, It's not that he's having a bad year. It's just the injury kind of screwed no, And there is an element, I think, at least to the, if I know Charlie's cynicism a little bit, that Toronto media machine gets going a bit. Oh, yeah. And suddenly oh, we have yeah. that, actually, Matthews got his team to the playoffs, so. No, it's going to be Mitch Marner. If they're, if the Toronto media machine gets behind anyone, it's going to be Mitch Marner. Yeah, because he's Canadian. So on this, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh and my, uh, my final three that I did for the midseason, um, I had Kucherov number one, I had John Gibson number two, mm. and I had uh, Elias Pettersson number three. I'm actually surprised none of us picked Kucherov to start the season. Like, I'm surprised you didn't, Charlie, just because I feel like everyone knows that he's good. You know what I think my reason why I didn't pick him was, and I expected him to have another great year, is that he was amazing last year. And he just, the the reason why he wasn't picked as one of the top three guys was because the idea was, well, there are so many good players on Tampa. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be a team where there's one guy that's head and shoulders above yeah. everyone else. That and I just sense. don't know if Kucherov's ever going to be at that point. But if he scores 130 points like he's on pace for this year, it might not matter. Yeah, it'll be like the first time in, uh, I can't remember, but like maybe 25 years someone breaks 130. And Charlie, I was prepared to argue about this Kucherov thing just like you just said, people thinking the best player, well, sure, he's the best player, but look at his team. You know, how can he be the MVP? They'd be fine without him. 
And my thinking was like, all right, if if that's the standard, what's the logic behind like Gretzky winning eight hearts in a row on a yeah. team that was filled with Hall of Famers? Like just because you have great players around you, I don't know. There's something to meeting high expectations. You can still be the most valuable player, but since he is having what could end up being an historic season, it just kind of has to be that. Like, okay, even though they'd be fine without him, like look at Braden Point and Stamkos, they'd have two number one centers without the guy. Like, I, it, he's still having this year, and you can't take it away from him. It's so much better than what's been done in recent history. I think you just have to give it to him. I was very much ready to argue this, and then I saw the ballot, and he was in first. I was like, oh, well, then never mind. <laughs> I had to make my argument anyway. Uh, I still think that David has a chance. He's not that far behind Kucherov. A big second half, if that team gets into the playoffs, all the people who are like, man, that team didn't even make the playoffs last year. They fired their coach. They fired their GM. And then he had 60 points in the last you know, 40 games, and they got in. So I, I think he still has a chance, but Kucherov looks like he kind of has it locked up at this point. And good for Johnny Goudreau. I'm happy for him being number two here. Way to go, hockey. I just call him hockey, not Johnny hockey. <laughs> John hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan hockey, like uh, Jonathan Tavares, even though his name's just John. Well, like how, like how the the the, Lee, uh, the guy who runs the the Continental and John Wick calls John Wick Jonathan. Everyone yeah. else calls him John. He calls him Jonathan. <laughs> Christopher Latang. All right. Um, the Calder Trophy, Rookie of the Year. Guys, uh, I I swung gonna miss hard on this one. Uh, you guys, <laughs> a little bit. Both Kelly and Charlie have Pedersen, and uh, they're going to win this one. Yay. High five, Kelly. We did it. Way to go. <laughs> I like your reasoning, though. Kelly's, uh, Charlie's reasoning is is rooted in it's gonna he's going to be in a big role for a bad team, so he's going to have the opportunity to put, put up the gaudy numbers. Uh, even if Darlene is, like, the best rookie, Pedersen is just going to score a ton for a shitty team, so he'll get the Calder. And Kelly's reasoning just because Flyers Twitter has to be as miserable as possible all the time, and now everyone will have the chance to complain about drafting Pedersen instead of Patrick. Man, yep. you nailed that one. I sure did. I stand by that one hard. I picked Ryan Donato um, for two reasons. Because I wanted to stick with the Boston Bruins after Charlie McAvoy let me down last year. And I have a friend named Donato, and I just like the guy's name. I, 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 have, no, I, have, I have nothing to back me up here. We all have our reasons. You don't have Petter to defend yourself. Pedersen could very well find himself in, like, the year-end MVP talks if his team gets in. Like, they're yeah. close. I mean, I mean, I put him third in my heart ballot. And yeah, that's, like, that's literally exactly. because I think the Canucks are awful. Yeah. And he's, like, the only good thing that's going on over there. Him and, whoa, 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 uh, him whoa, whoa, whoa. and Brock Besser. Um, Thank you. But, but Besser's like, not. But, but Besser was you. really good last year, and they were still <laughs> yeah. god-awful. And Besser's not having the year he had last year either. He missed some time. I, I I think he's a very good player. I'm not like speaking down on him. I'm just, just like, saying. Please like, remember that team. I is will trash die poop. for Brock Besser. That so. team is trash poop, as you would say. <laughs> They're not very good. And Pedersen's like turned. He's basically turned that entire organization into like, hey, we we were literally dead in the water six months ago, and now things are fun again. It's he's basically he's basically done to Vancouver what Gosses Bear did to the Flyers in his rookie year. Uh, we'll get to Goss Despair in a second in terms of people who have seriously let me down in my predictions. But, uh, <laughs> who, who, uh, who else do you think is going to factor into the Calder Trophy race? Because it's not going to be Ryan Donato, I don't think. 
You know, if I had to guess, I probably would have put Darlene on my list. Yeah. Um, if the Sabres get into the playoffs, maybe, but I, I don't think so. And I don't think that he's the biggest contributing factor to that potential future. But it's interesting to consider. Wouldn't he's it be been, fun if... has been good. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, wouldn't it be fun if Hart played lights out for the rest of the season and he got into the conversation? I think he could end up maybe like if he if if he stays up the rest of the year and finishes with something like a 915ish save percentage i think he could get like third yeah, I, mean, there's, yeah. There's, I don't i definitely there's know no way he's win, cracking but... there's no way he's he's passing Pedersen. no 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 happening. but like the the top 3 in the in the midseason thing for the the pro hockey riders it was Pedersen, obviously then Darlene was two and then Miro Heiskanen uh from Dallas the defenseman was oh, three oh yeah he's having a great season Charlie's yes. guy yeah, so they're they're good. Um, I actually didn't have Heiskanen in my top three. I had uh, I had Brady Kachuk too, and or Brady Kachuk, um, and then uh, and then I had um, Darlene third. But Heiskanen's really good. Like they're all good options, and Hart could get in in that mix. He's just not going to pass Patterson. No, I don't remember the rules around what makes somebody a rookie and what doesn't. How many games would he have to play this season? I, I how would he be how would he be able to qualify as a rookie next season is the question I'm I think to it's twenty five so the, the it's a, it's a weird thing I I need to actually do some research on this because the number is twenty five but I'm curious if for goalies that's twenty five games you dressed for or if that's oh. twenty five games you appeared in yeah it's probably dressed right you would think right because like yeah he didn't play but he was on the the yeah, team's he's, he's an lineup. NHL player he's, yeah he's, he's, his, his I don't know whatever is... the hell his name is in Pittsburgh was a rookie two years in a row. Who, Mary? Yeah. Because he didn't come up till late, though. That was... I, I don't remember. I don't remember the specifics. It's probably something we could have looked up. Um, the Norris Trophy for best defenseman. My God, guys. I was... Again, I I went with the homer pick. I picked Shane Gostisbehere. I said he's going to lead all defensemen in scoring, and the American media is going to jump all over it and give it to him. Uh, currently, Shane has 20 points. There are 44 defensemen with more. Oops. So... I mean, in your in your defense, that was a simpler time before yeah. we knew how bad <laughs> things were going to get here. So, Guys, I listened to that show. Like, I was... We were so high on the Hurricanes. Not just, like, high on them as, as what their potential could be, but, you know, the, the storm surge or whatever, their celebrations and the Dougie Hamilton thing. Oh, my God. We were we were a gleeful group looking forward to so a fun... So young and dumb. We were a gleeful group looking to a fun year of NHL hockey as if we were, I don't know, wearing a, a blindfold for the previous, our entire lifetimes of NHL hockey. It was bird... <laughs> um, we were bird boxing. We, that's, uh, so you guys both had good picks. Kelly, you have Victor Hedman. You said he's the new default guy who is just going to get it every year until someone rips it away from him. I feel like that's how the Norse goes. It really kind of is. So, it's, it's weird because sometimes they give it out as a lifetime achievement award like Drew Doughty. And sometimes they're just like, I don't know, give it to Lidstrom again. <laughs> it's one of the two. It's so either lifetime achievement Subban. or it's the same guy over and over again. Chuck, you went with Subban, but you said you think it's going to go to the next, like the next guy who's who's in line and never got one. Yep, and I think that's what's going to happen this year, and I think it's going to be Mark Giordano. And that's what I was going to say. Giordano, Riley, and Burns are your top three on the PHWA ballot. I don't have a problem with any of those. I feel like Riley 
Maybe not so much since his really incredible start. Like, he started the season pacing scoring-wise like he was Bobby freaking Orr. Um, he's good. I don't have a problem with him being a finalist. I just don't know. Is he is he top three? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, he might end up there because, again, Toronto. Toronto. But I don't, I don't think he's one of the top three defensemen in, in, in hockey, and I think those scoring numbers are only going to keep trending down. I just – it seems like – I mean, Giordano, I, what was it, like five years ago when he was he was the odds-on favorite and then he got hurt in got like mid-February and that yeah. killed his chances. And then ever since then, he's never really been in the running. Like th- that just strikes me as the guy who everybody is going to kind of come together on and be like, why isn't Mark Giordano want to want Norris again? Let's let's fix that this year. And it seems okay. like the way it goes and because no one actually knows how to evaluate defense. So we all just decide like, well, he's good and he's never won one. So it's his year. And I, it strikes me as this being his year. In addition, he's also having a great year. Like I think he's either tied for or second in the league in scoring for defensemen and Calgary's been great and Giordano's been great like I had him third on my ballot like I'd be totally fine if it's Giordano yeah I uh I wanted to say maybe he's the new Roman Josie just in that he's so he was underrated for so long he's now overrated but then you watch the guy playing go, no he really isn't I probably would have put Eric Carlson because of all of the nonsense from last offseason and he gets this change of scenery and he's fucking killing it. I think he might be he might be my selection. I think That's- he's going to be in it by the end because yeah. he had that like first month and a half where people were saying he was not good, but if you looked at his underlying numbers, they were actually awesome and now everything is good. Like now the underlying numbers are still awesome and now he's scoring a ton. So I think he'll be right in the mix by the end. Like I had him second on my ballot because I think he's been in, on the whole incredible this year. Um but he has missed some time and I just feel like people are going to zero in on that Giordano story more than more than Carlson if Giordano stays healthy and Calgary keeps playing well. Uh, you guys know me. Eric Carlson's my favorite player in the league. Um Burns hasn't beaten the raw scoring numbers and I feel like they would split the vote, but yeah, I mean, fair. any year Eric Carlson gets to Norris, it is uh, deserved because he's freaking amazing. All right, where did uh, where did the outline go? Here we go. The Vezina Trophy. Charlie, you initially picked Andre Vasilevsky, but given the first week of the season and uh, and the allowed to switch, you made the move to your boy, John Gibson. Love John Gibson, and Friggin I gotta nailed say. It. Here you are. Yeah. Here you are. I picked uh, Bob, and that has not worked out. That's not working for you. Kelly was very honest and said, no idea. I changed my vote to John Gibson. There you go. Look at you. The the Gibson thing, like, I I really like the fact that he came in number one on this midseason ballot because, like, it's it's very – it's going to be very – Cy Young baseball-ish, how, like, sometimes the best pitcher just happens to be on a team that can't score runs and he doesn't finish with a lot of wins. And it's like, okay, well, are we willing to give him the Cy Young? Like, are we willing to give Jacob DeGrom the Cy Young because he finished with an ERA under two? 
despite the fact that he hasn't won a ton of games because the Mets literally never score runs when he's on the mound. It's going to be kind of the same thing with Gibson, where I don't think, like, I don't think Anaheim's going to make the playoffs. I think they're just a bad team that's poorly coached. But they have an amazing goalie who faces more shots than anyone, and they're all, like, right in front of him, and he's still awesome. And it's just going to come down to whether people can look past that to say, like, yes, he's been the best goalie in hockey this year. I like that whenever we discuss the Ducks, we always have to throw in poorly coached. <laughs> well, they are. They're absolutely terribly coached. <laughs> yep. All right, let's move on to that old Art Ross, the uh, the points leader. Boy, we all and nailed this one, didn't we? We went chalk, fam. We all went McDavid. Well, he's right there. Yeah, he is. He is right there. Uh, we all had our reasons I said uh, Gretzky won seven in a row with Edmonton and Connor is on a sim- similar trajectory. If he doesn't win Art Ross, I assume it's because of injury. Uh, Charlie said it's a no-brainer. If he's healthy, he wins it going away. Maybe Matthews can hang with him if Toronto power play is unreal. Um, McDavid, Rantanen, and Goudreau are all tied for second with 73 points, but Kucherov 78 points in 49 games. I mean, they're not that far off. But, my God, he's in... Kucherov's on another level this year, guys. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if he can stay with it through the rest of the season. I really hope he does. I like records. No one ever breaks them anymore. Yeah, I just want those huge, gaudy scoring numbers. And that's a good point, Steph, just in terms of him staying with it. Because, remember last year's shows, I'm talking about Cooch scoring 50 and 50. And... By the end of the year, Claude Giroux had more points than him. So uh, it's we'll see if he's able to maintain this level of excellence that he's had through, you know, 49 games. It's more than halfway through, and he's been dominant. But let's hold on and see. Uh, yeah. yeah. So we were all wrong about McDavid, but he is close, and it's not like it's crazy to say McDavid's going to have the most points. I, I, I honestly would not change my, my pick here. I think it's going to end up being McDavid. Do you? How yeah. about that? Do you think we have two guys break 130? No, I don't think either of them breaks 130, but I think really? they I think they're they both end up around like 115, 120, and I think McDavid ends up with a couple more. Hmm. All right. Spicy. All right, maybe he starts picking up those loose change phantom assists like Gretzky used to to pad his stats. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with the old Rocket Richard now, guys. Uh goal scoring leader, who's going to have the most goals? I went with Patrick Line. And my reasoning was everyone else is going to say Ovechkin or Matthews, so I wanted to maybe win one of these, I guess. I actually picked (laughs) one seriously. Um, (laughs) Kelly went with Matthews, and Charlie went with Line and not one of the other two. So what do we think here? Doesn't seem like Line is going to be the guy. I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. 25 goals, 16th in the league. Yeah, I don't know what's up with him this year. Matthews has 20 goals uh, in only 34 games. As we noted, he's missed some time, but, you know, you don't get – it's not a goals per game uh, award. Ovechkin, still Ovechkin, 36 goals in 49 games. This guy – He really is something else, man. I, no one's ever been better than him at putting the puck in the net. I don't care about adjusting for error or anything. He just pumps pucks in. He, it's like he doesn't even have to try. If he has the puck on his stick and he's anywhere near the notes going in. He just stands in that spot and shoots and teams allow it to happen. They know it's going to happen and they straight up can't stop it. And it's, it's, we're talking about like 12 years or something now. 
It's it's not it's not a new thing. Like there might be some secret to stopping that crazy Austin Matthews release where he can just wire the puck under the post. I don't know uh, from a snapshot, but it, we're we're talking about over a decade of Ovechkin just scoring more goals than everybody. It's awesome to watch that dude play. Yeah, I'm. I'm my... Yeah, I mean he would. Go ahead. He would have been my pick. I I wouldn't have cared if you know, everyone else was going to say Ovechkin. Like, it, it's just, it's most often the right answer. Yeah. In hindsight, we all should have known how this was going to end up. I think there was just a feeling um, with Ovechkin that, like, you know, they won the cup last year. He spent the entire summer basically hammered that, you know, not that he was going to have a bad season, but that, you know, maybe he wasn't going to go out here and score 50 again. And it's like, yeah, he wasn't going to go out and score 50 again. Instead, he's on pace for 60. A couple that uh, we didn't pick, but I'm looking at them here on the PHWA ballot, so I'm just going to throw out there, get everyone's uh, get everyone's quick take. Uh, let me start with the Jack Adams for the best coach. The uh, PHWA has Trotz, Peters, and Cooper. What do you guys think about it's that? It's got to be Trotz. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be all day. Trotz. You know, it's got to be Trotz because that's how we hand out the award, and he is doing a hell of a job. I'm sure he deserves it, but Peter DeBoer is my guy. Uh, he made it work. He's making a thing work that a lot of coaches would be afraid to do, even with the tremendous talent. I know it's ridiculous to say that because talent wins, but we know how this league works. you got to have your Adam Larsons. And he's just like, nah, like I fit these guys into our structure, and um, they're the two least structured players in hockey. So um, I think that, that, he deserves that's at, least a top, at least top three recognition. No, I think it's a uh, it's a legitimate argument. I I do agree that a lot of times we look at the Jack Adams as being, you know, who, which coach is coaching a team that we didn't think was going to be good and is good. And, and maybe it's, it should be more looked at like who is actually the best coach. Um, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting back and forth. Like one guy who I, I actually, I had Trotz number one on my ballot, but the one guy who I think maybe deserves a little bit more attention for the job he's done this year is, uh, is Claude Julian in Montreal. Because I That's did not fair. think I did not think that team was going to be good, and they are. Like they're and they're not doing it. Like you look at the Islanders. Yeah, I think Tross is doing an awesome job, but they're doing a lot of it with great goaltending and some guys like some good puck luck. And yeah, he's getting the most out of his team, but it's not necessarily sustainable. I would say into next year, Montreal's driving play, and they're doing it with Jeff Petrie as their second best defenseman and Max Domi as their best forward. Like. This isn't a team that you look at on paper and is holy shit good, and it's not even like Carey Price has been awesome. He's been fine. He hasn't been awesome, and Montreal is actually a good team, and that, I think, speaks to how good of a job Julian's done this year. Yeah, like, I think a lot of times we just, okay, what what was their points total last year? What is it this year? Subtract them and the highest number. Well, clearly it's the coach because they sucked last year. Uh, but like with the new, with if you're gonna go with Trotz and that's it, how is it not also Julian? Uh, Bill Peters, I'm sure he's doing a good job there, but it's kind of finally just getting that team to reach its potential, which I do believe there's something too. Like plenty of good teams don't win because their coaches aren't good enough. And Cooper, if this team goes wire to wire, while he does have maybe the most talented team, again there's something too meeting high expectations. So. I think there's a lot of good candidates here, but I just uh, I'm a sharks mark at this point. So, but I guess Trotz is gonna win it unless things just really go off the rails here for him. Yeah, and I I mean 
obviously Charlie's correct in his assessment of Montreal, but I kind of think that there's like a bias towards a new coach coming in and fixing a team um, rather than a coach that's been there for a while just getting better results than he got the year before. I mean, I'm not sure that that's a good way to make this vote happen, but I think that is a thing. Yeah, that I, I I would agree with that. Uh, I don't know. GM of the year, I don't really care. Who's made huge moves? I guess I'll go with Doug Wilson again because he said, I'm in, let's go for it. Um, yeah, Lou, I mean, I know we. I know this is the I anti-Lou show. I will physically show, fight you. Uh, no. Kelly, I don't like him either. He didn't do a good job, Bill. I, they're winning, though, so what do I know? <laughs> Anyone else you can consider? I mean, I will say, Coil. I got to every Who's year. Steph? Buffalo? Buffalo, That's yeah, they, they made the Skinner trade. That's working out. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, the the, the guy who, uh, the Calgary, that, that's the one who's, I would think, going to win just because made a good coaching hire, made some big trades, you know, signed, like, I, what it, the big trade was the the one he made with Carolina. And that yeah, was, the Dougie Hamilton trade. Yeah, and that's working out quite well for them. But the, the coaching hire, I think, is the big one. Um, to be honest, the guy who I put third, and maybe there's a little bit of a bias here, uh, I put Dubas third. He got, he got, John, he got, he got John Zavars, okay? okay. Like, he made the biggest ad, and the team is really good. And he ended up, he didn't screw up the Nylander thing. Got him, to, you know, he he basically played chicken with him, got him to sign a reasonable deal, and didn't, the team was still good in the first half of the season without him. Yeah. Plus, he doesn't make the dumb mistakes that other GMs make. So, do I think he's the, the number one GM in the league this year? No, but I, I think he's one of the top ones. Do I think... Hmm. That you just made a, an interesting statement, Charlie. That he made the biggest ad in Tavares, and now do I think Tavares is bigger than Carlson? I can't say he is. Yeah, but Carlson, you don't know if you're going to have Carlson forever. True. Yeah. No, I, I I get that. I just, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'd I probably have to agree Tavares with. Tavares is. What Steph? I think he is. I think Tavares is a bigger get than Eric Carlson. I mean, Eric Carlson, you knew he was going to leave. You knew he was going to leave Ottawa. You just had to make the right proposal. But Carlson didn't grow up with Sharks bedsheets. No, but he also didn't have a say in where he went. Oh, I get it. John Tavares did. I get it. I just... I feel like that that maple leaf on that sweater counts for a whole lot. But you know what? It hasn't lately. Like, they think they're going to get everyone, and they never do. So I guess I can't. Maybe in his case it did, but it's not the constant that maybe I think it could be. Or I think it's going to be once they start with the uh, Chicago-Detroit Ponzi scheme. Well, we're, they're going to um, trade for Wayne Simmons because he was a Leafs fan growing up. So, <laughs> Does he go to bed at night in Maple Leafs pajamas? That I don't know. If I were him, I would. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a, it's, it's just a monogram of him in a Leafs jersey. <laughs> it's like his head photoshopped onto Wendell Clark's body. That's the other funsies. thing about this. That's the other thing about this uh, Chirelli firing. Now that we've brought up Simmons, um, one less team we can rip off. I don't know, man. Depends on who they put in charge up there. If they just, like, put Craig McTavish back in charge, we might be able to fleece him, too. That's true. I just, you know what, you know you can rip off Pete. For sure. Totally. I I think, 
I think the Leafs would be willing to give up something for Simmons, but can we rob them blind of like a potential MVP? I don't think we can. No, definitely not. I'm still mad that Ron could have fleeced him for Brandon Manning and it never happened. I don't care what the extenuating circumstances are. I'll never get over it. It's it's the worst. <laughs> that was the worst news to come out of the Ron Hexall firing. I would have rathered him punch me in the face <laughs> than find out about that. It was Brandon Manning and Peter Shirelli in the same. You sense. know it was going to be like a first round pick or something. Easy. Like something freaking stupid all right since we're talking about ron i just want to close with this seattle gm thing uh just because there's an interesting article on espn.com i think it was by emily kaplan she does really good work like i always say um espn the 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 channel is what it is in terms of hockey coverage but their online content is very good um this seattle gm story it's like oh vegas found the secret sauce to having a to having a successful expansion franchise how are they going to replicate it and i just wanted to know um well first on the team name this is one of their executives i just had to read this to you because my god i can't imagine working in a corporate setting because of because of statements like this one of their one of their executives talking about the seattle team name The name, at the end of the day, rests with David Bonderman. We're gathering input, but sometimes fans also want to be led. There might be some names that haven't been out there because we're marshalling really powerful thought leaders on this. What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) That was a word salad. I mean, that's just corporate speech. It sure is. Corporate buzzwords. I know. That shit would make me blow my brains out. I would go from jolly, all the time Bill with no problems to contemplating suicide if I worked in an environment where they said we're marshalling really powerful thought leaders on this. Just wait till they start dropping synergy on you. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Unless it's an Easton stick, I don't want anything to do with a a synergy. There's a QB prospect named Easton Stick, and I'm like, his parents must be so really? disappointed he didn't choose hockey. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, do we think Rod Hextall is a candidate for Seattle? Yes. I'm sure they'll talk about I definitely about him. do. I yeah, think sure that, talk about that any hockey man who previously held a GM position in the NHL is a candidate for the GM position in Seattle. It's going to well, be somebody who was a GM before. While that is a shot at the hockey men, and it's warranted, Kelly, I do believe you should target somebody who was in the league during the last expansion draft and somebody who didn't screw it up royally. Uh, Who's that? For for all my criticisms of Ron, he did not screw up the expansion draft. Fair. I mean, he he got lucky in that they, they took a guy that we didn't really want anyway. But it was like the worst case scenario. I think was they take Raffle or Lawton. Yeah, or Lawton. Yeah, we weren't that high Lawton. on Lawton. We protected Lawton. Right? Oh yeah, we did protect Lawton. Yeah, yeah. it was Raffle. Raffle would have. And been I was right. just convinced they were going to take Neuvert. Like any one of those three. See ya. We did. Oh lose yeah, Neuvert to Vegas. Neuvert I remember to Vegas, this. baby. Still not over. It could Still happen. Still not over. <laughs> They could have some goalie injuries down the way. The Flyers are trying to sort their goalie thing out. Neuvert to Vegas is as alive and well as it was two years ago. Don't at me. Um, <laughs> the one thing, and th- I just wanted to ask about Ron. The one thing I'll say, while like the positives and negatives, he didn't screw up the expansion draft, and I'd want him in because of that. It's just timeline. Uh, I don't know if I want someone with steadfast and unyielding patience uh, when it is now 
Expansion teams are supposed to compete right away. Vegas set the standard. Mm, I know, but mm, nobody expected Vegas to be that good, though. But they, they were. Yeah. And I now that's the expectation. You have a 32,000-person wait list for season tickets. It's not to have a five-year plan, I'll tell you that. I mean, if you're if you're the GM that's drafting an expansion team, like, you're... That's not a, a role that could even... Like, you can't be patient. You're picking a team for right now. Like, that's that's your roster. So you can't take some kind of weird wait-and-see approach. Like, you can't draft a bunch of AHL players and hope that they turn into something. Like, you've got to draft an NHL-level team immediately. That's true. That said, Ron was not a great evaluator of NHL talent, so he might not be good at that either. That's And you could take a lot of the bribes for futures to stay away from currently good players. True. He would probably be into that. Oh, he's taking Travis Sanheim from us. I see it now. Travis Sanheim will be protected. Come on. How many protection slots are there going to be? I don't know. I don't remember how many there were. We're going mean, to lose we, someone good. We still got to see how the rest of this plays out. I know. Like, I know, like I know. You know. We don't know how like the development of someone like Phil Myers is going to go. We don't know how the development of any of the rest of the defensemen are going to go. We don't know who Chuck Fletcher is going to up and trade in the next year. So let's let's wait and see. I mean, Igor Zamula is probably going to win a Norris Trophy before oh, 2021. Boy. So I'm not all oh, that boy. concerned about it. <laughs> oh, okay, boy. Okay, Bill. I am Listen, so, I'm on board with that version of reality. I am so high on this guy. And when I say high, I don't yeah. mean I have high expectations. I mean, he's he's in my brain making me see things. You're smoking him. Yeah. <laughs> You're literally smoking him. I'm having It's Zimula. getting weird, fam. I'm it's having Samula, uh, like, uh, you know what? Let's, let's call it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good tri- time. Tripping, I'm talking about tripping on my new favorite drug, Zamula. <laughs> um, gotta get me some time to Igor. call it. Got to get me some of that Igor. Uh, all right. That's all the time we have for you at Ice Sport Radio. I hope this was fun for you, us uh, talking about, well, my bad predictions at least, um, and everyone else's decent, logical ones. Uh, my name is Bill Matz. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you don't already, please subscribe to the podcast feed. Search Broad Street Hockey literally wherever there are podcasts. You will find us. You get this show. You get BSH Radio, Fly Perbly, Checking Out the Competition, Post Games, Sounds from the Locker Room. There's so much stuff. Just hit subscribe. Uh, for Kelly, for Charlie, for Steph, have a great week, everybody. Baseball. Truly, it is awful. I'm Phillies writer Justin Clue. Join me every week, along with John Stolnes, Liz Rocher, and Dr. Trevor Strunk, as we discuss all the ways the Phillies have hurt us on our podcast, Hitting Season, as well as historical anecdotes and raw, emotional ramblings on our other shows, Continued Success and The Dirty Inning. Subscribe to The Good Fight, and you'll get conversations with insiders, analysis of breaking news, and stats, stats, stats. Together, we'll survive whatever baseball can throw at us. I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the scheme and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly.